Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. I want, uh, I've really, this has been one of those weeks. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to struggle and battle to get a word because you because you want so much to have the on-time word and sometimes it just doesn't come easy sometimes i don't get it till i walk up here and sometimes it's hard but this has been one of those weeks where god has just poured revelation out and I've got so much going on in my in my spirit today that is so strong but I I really believe that this specific word is for somebody here this morning I'm not going to be real preachy on it because I want you to get it I want you to understand it I want you to go with me in your Bible to the book of uh, Judges. Judges chapter 16. At verse 20. Judges chapter 16 and verse 20. Thank you so much for standing as we honor the reading of God's word. By the way, if you're a guest here this morning, we're so glad that you're here. We're so honored to have you today. Amen. And and listen, we're not always this this crazy and weird. Most of the time we're worse than today. Amen. 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 But we're so glad you're here this morning. Judges chapter 16, and let's begin reading with verse 20. We're just going to kind of pick up right in the middle of this story. This is when Samson has gone down to the house of Delilah, and she's been pressuring him, pushing him. Tell me what the secret to this great power that you have. In verse 20, she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. Probably one of the the saddest few words in the Bible, but he did not know that the Lord had left him. Verse 21, And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles, and he ground at the meal 
as a slave, I might add, in the prison. But I want you to look at verse 22. This is what I want to give to you this morning. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. The Lord told me to tell somebody here this morning that your hair is growing again. I want you to get that. That's not my word. And I know it sounds kind of funny. But God said, There's some gifts and some callings and some people groups and some families and some children and some relatives that you are designed, created, and destined to reach those individuals. It is no wonder that you have been fought. It is no wonder that you've even messed up. It is no wonder that you've felt like giving up. It is no wonder that hell has assaulted you with everything he has to stop the gift and the anointing that's on your life. But the Lord told me to tell you this morning that in the middle of all of your condemnation, in the middle of all of your feelings of insecurity, in the, in the middle of all of your feeling like a failure and that you would never be able to get back to the place where God had originally called you, the Lord told me the other day, sitting in my office at home, I read this in my daily Bible reading, and I was just reading on through it, and the Lord stopped me, and he said, Son, I want you to tell the church that I'm causing the hair to begin to grow back, and the hair represents the anointing that you thought you had lost. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your words. You can take your seat. So I just want to, I, t- I told you I'm not going to be long, but, but I'll, I just want to share this. The book of Joshua tells us the story of the children of Israel possessing the inheritance that God had promised them. The book of Joshua is, is a story of, of people that, that are believing God and trusting God and, and, and relying on the promises of God. It's, about a, it's a story of a group of people whose ancestors failed to believe God and failed to listen to the voice of God. And so they died out in the wilderness. But Joshua is that book in the Bible that's the story of people that rose above their past, 
They rose above the inheritance or the, uh, the, 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 uh, their forefathers. They rose above all of that. And they said, we're going to believe God and we're going to trust God. And the book of Joshua is a book that, that, that details the, the, the possession of the promise of God. It's the book where Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a great book of people possessing the promise of God. But it's amazing how you can flip one page and you come into the book of Judges. The book of Judges stands in quiet distinction from the book of Joshua, where the book of Joshua was a book of possessing the inheritance. The book of Judges is a book that, that details, in horrid detail, the losing of an inheritance. So we move from inheritance possessed to an inheritance that is in jeopardy. The book of Judges covers a period of about 330 years where after the death of Joshua, and the failure of leadership was that he didn't raise up somebody to step in his place after he was gone. Can I tell you something, leaders, right here? You can be a great leader, and you can lead with integrity and character. But if you fail to raise somebody up that can step into your place and take it further than you went, you fail. I just leave that there. So the book of Judges covers this period of about 330 years, and it's described as a time of apostasy and, and backsliding and oppression. And, and, but it's also a time uh, where when, when backsliding and oppression would happen, repentance would come. And when repentance would come, God's mercy would be poured out. And God would raise up a man or even a woman that would rise up and stand in a place and become a deliverer or a judge for the children of Israel. Can I tell you something this morning? You're going to have to run real hard to get away from the mercy of God. You're going to have to try to do real bad to get out from under the goodness and the mercy of God. Because that's how much He loves you. I'm having trouble, guys. I'm, 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 the thing about it is that the book of Judges is a descriptive period. That is much like the time that we're in right now. Because the Bible says in Judges chapter 21 and verse 25 that in those days there was no king in Israel and every de everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Is that where we are? Everybody doing what they think is right in their own eyes. Nobody wants to listen to authority. And many times the authority that we've got over us is in corruption. Come on. Somebody said the word politics 
means many ticks. All right? We're in that culture. It doesn't matter Republican or Democrat or independent or, or whatever you might be. We're living in a culture today where everybody is doing their own thing. And if you don't do it like I do, then you're wrong and messed up. Sin abounds everywhere and everybody's doing this. And it was like that in the book of Judges. The book of Judges records some of the most horrific sins that you'll ever read in the Bible. But it also records some of the greatest victories. Men like Gideon, Shammah, Shamgar. So during this turbulent time, God raises up 11 men and one woman whose name was Deborah, and they became deliverers of the people. But listen, even some of those deliverers had been so infected by the culture of that day that it was hard for them to maintain that place of anointing that God had called them into. Samson was one of those individuals. He judged Israel for about 20 years beginning in Judges chapter 13 and going through Judges 16, 90, listen, 96 verses give a detailed account of the story of Samson. His miraculous birth. He wasn't even supposed to be here. He wasn't even supposed to be born. But the mercy of God looked down on his daddy Manoah and his mama that was barren. And said, because of my mercy and my grace, you're going to have a son, and he's to be a Nazarite. In other words, he was to be one that was set apart, different from everybody else, weird. Where's Brother Ryan at? He's supposed to be weird, wasn't he, Brother Ryan? He was supposed to be set apart for the work of God's kingdom as a deliverer and a judge for God's people. Can I tell you something this morning? You look at the preacher, you look at the deacon or the elder or the teacher or something like that and say, you're the one that's supposed to be doing something for my family. But can I tell you today that God is shifting some things in 2023. And listen, if you're a part of a church where the pastor is the only personality in the church that has the anointing, then get out of it and find somewhere where the anointing is moving from the head to the tail, from the pulpit to the back pew. God forbid that we should ever build an empire for myself that when I leave everything else dies. But God is using men and women today and he's pulling them off of the pew and out of the back row and out of the back alley and he's saying I'm going to use you to affect my kingdom. The story of Samson is one that if we're honest, he rebelled against the thing that God had called him to do. He wanted to put his hands on things that God said don't touch. And that's the way he lived his life. 
all the way down to Judges chapter 16. So many times we see where Samson would be in a place with the Philistines or, or the enemy, and the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him, and when the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him, there was nothing that could stop him, nothing that could hold him. Ladies and gentlemen, please listen to me this morning. When you walk in rightness with God and the Spirit of God is on your life and the anointing of God is working in your life, there is nothing that the devil can do that will stop you. He might try to hinder you, but he cannot stop you because the anointing that's on the inside of you is greater than that that is facing you on the outside. So the Spirit of the Lord would come mightily upon him. Something different when you hit chapter 16. Because in chapter 16, you no longer see where the Spirit of the Lord comes mightily upon Samson. In Judges chapter 16, we see where Samson begins to lay in the lap of Delilah. And I believe that Delilah is a picture of the culture of our day. I believe that Delilah represents that culture that we're living in today of sin and, and lawlessness and all of that. And we look in, 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 in the Christian world today and we see where Christians are are. are are moving in and trying to be a part of the culture of the world, thinking that they can be more successful. And that attitude many times has crept into the body of Christ or into the church. Samson began to lay his head in the lap of Delilah, a man that had a great anointing, a man that had a great calling on his life, a man that had a great future, a man that had great potential for the kingdom of God, a man that could do great things for the kingdom of God, began to lay his head in the lap of the world. And we begin to see the pressure being ramped up on Samson's life. Listen, you're being a Baptist or a Methodist or a Presbyterian or a Pentecostal or whatever you might be doesn't scare the devil. The devil doesn't get chill bumps and he doesn't go into an anxiety attack when you say I'm Baptist or Methodist or Pentecostal. That doesn't bother him. It doesn't bother him when you say my name's on the roll of such and such a church. That doesn't bother him. But when you begin to walk in an anointing, when you begin to walk in the power and the spirit that the Father has placed on your life, and you begin to walk by faith and not by sight, and you begin to declare the Word of God and walk in the calling that God's given you, then that scares hell to death. That's the reason that the enemy tries every way he can to manipulate you and to get you to lay your head in the lap of the world because he knows that if I can do that, then I will rob him of the very power and the very anointing that God's put on his life. And without that anointing, he will be just a man or a woman. Yes, 
So three things there that Delilah tried to do to Samson. After she pressured, saying, Samson, tell me what your secret is. The Bible says that Samson told her first, he said, if you bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, then I'll lose my power. She did that. Philistines came. Samson broke the bowstrings, stood up, whipped all of them. We read this story and we say, how in the world could Samson be so gullible? How in the world could a man be so gullible to these things that time and time again when the enemy uh, throwed manipulation and, and lies out in front of him, he was sucking them up and, and, and just jumping right on them without recognizing uh, what, what was happening in his life. Listen, nobody gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to walk out today and be deceived. Nobody gets up in the morning time and says, well, I believe today that I'm going to go and I'm going to listen to somebody and I'm going to be deceived. That's the power of deception. Deception comes in the back door or comes through an open window. And before you know it, you've believed a lie and you've gotten sucked into a lie and now you can't get out of it. I might not be preaching to everybody, but I'm preaching to somebody this morning. And I know this might be a little bit hard, but we got to get through this to get to the rest of it. Samson said, if you tie me up with new ropes that have never been used, that will rob me of my power. That didn't work. The next thing he said, if you weave the seven locks of my hair and tie it fast with a, with, with a weaver's beam, a pin, he said, I'll be powerless for the third time. Delilah did this. And for the third time, Samson rose up, shook himself, broke the powers of these bonds that had been tied to him, and whipped the Philistines. But the Bible says they came a fourth time. And here's the thing. Delilah looked at Samson and said, how can you say you love me when you've mocked me these three times? Here's what Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, there will be a time when allegiance will have to be declared. He said, there will be a time that allegiance will have to be made known. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, chapter 6 and verse 24, he said, you cannot serve two masters. He said, because either you will love one and hate the other or hate the other and love one. He said, you cannot, no man can serve two masters. 
And so Samson reached a place in his life that he had been manipulated, he had been lied to, the enemy was trying to discover the secret of the anointing. Can I tell you something this morning? The devil, go back and look in your Bible all the way from Genesis through to Revelation. The devil has always tried to stop the anointing of God. And listen, the devil has never been able to understand the anointing of God. That's the reason that he tries so hard to stop it, because he cannot understand the anointing of God. But I want to tell you this morning, and, and let me say this. Listen, y'all been getting out at 1 o'clock, okay? I'm going to do you better, Lord's willing. But I want you to hear this. Several, several weeks ago, God began to deal with my spirit. And this is what the Lord's told me. And I'm talking to McCullough Christian Center. Here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, I'm bringing people in to McCullough Christian Center. Growth is taking place. People's lives are being changed. Things are happening. He said, but it's time for you to make a shift. And I said, Oh, no. And here's what the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. He said, for the growth that is yet to come. He said, you have got to expand the base of ministry. He said, you've got to begin to raise up men and women that can walk in the power and the authority. He said, because the base that you've got now will not handle what is coming. Even to the point that God said, I want you to get people that I'm going to show you, and I want you to surround yourself with those people. And he said, I want you to sit at a table and I want you to hear what they've got to say. He said, because what I'm about to do is bigger than what you're seeing with your eyes. So here's the thing. Samson had been deceived by Delilah. He had fallen into manipulation.
Help me, Holy Spirit. I just went totally blank. Totally blank. So we rewind. Delilah said this, how can you say you love me when you've lied to me these three times? And so Samson finally gives in and says, this is where my anointing lies. This is the picture or this is the symbol of the anointing on my life. It's my hair. You know the story, she shaves his head and says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. Samson stands up and begins to shake himself as he's always done. And he realizes, Brother Pat, that the anointing is not there. Everybody say yesterday, the past. That was yesterday. That was the past. Because there are many people that you struggle with the idea that, that God is not moving and he's not working in your life and through your life. like you're reading in your Bible. And I believe today that there are many people that perhaps are sitting and listening here this morning and you feel like giving up. You feel like there's no way that we'll win this battle because every time you turn the TV on, there's something else going on, something else happening. Can I tell you something this morning? Sin is going to get greater and greater. Evil is going to continue to get worse and worse. Lawlessness is going to continue to abound. But in the middle of all of the abounding of lawlessness, and in the middle of all the sin getting greater and stronger, 
in the middle of your children having to walk through more and more battles to, to maintain their identity and things such as that. In the middle of all of that, God said there's a Samson that has been had, that's had his head shaved. There's a Samson that God said to me, and he said, when Samson got his head shaven, he said he lost the anointing, and the balance of power shifted to the Philistine side. He said, but what the Philistines didn't know is that, that the very thing that they shaved off was going to grow back. And God said in 2023, he said, I'm about to grow back some hair on my people. And he said, the very thing that the enemy said I'm going to destroy with, God said, I'm going to raise up. I'm going to raise up some Samsons. Listen to me. This is the first thing that God spoke to me. He said, I want you to tell them about their purpose. And this is your purpose, ladies and gentlemen. The enemy's tried to tell you that you have no purpose. The enemy's tried to tell you that your purpose is of no value. Young lady, the enemy has tried to tell you that because of all you've been through and all that you've done, that you have no purpose in this life. But the devil is a liar. Young man, I want to tell you something, that the devil is trying to tell you that you have no purpose in this life because you've messed up and you'll never be able to get out from under the raising that you've had or you didn't have, and therefore you have no purpose. I can't help but think that perhaps Samson thought that he had lost his purpose. Because the devil is a condemner. But I'm here today to tell you that you've got purpose. God has a purpose for your life. You're not here today by accident. You're here by divine appointment because you have purpose in your life. Sir or ma'am, God's got a purpose in your life. Your past cannot define your future. God's got a purpose in your life. The second thing is that God spoke to me about was petition. The Bible says that Samson had been grinding corn or whatever. And the Philistines said, we're going to have a party. By the way, I don't know if I told you this, but the title of this message is God's about to crash your enemy's party. So listen. Listen, the Philistines got together and said, you know what? This one, this weakling that gave us all the fits, that destroyed some of our people, look at him now. He has no eyes. He's lost his vision. He's now a slave to us. I think it's time that we had a party and celebrate the defeat of this anointed man of God. And so the Bible says they gathered all the Philistines together, all the lords of the Philistines, gathered all of them together in one place, in one building. And they said, we're going to bring Samson out, 
to show the world how weak this God is in the face of Dagon. We're going to lead Samson out with a little boy. It's going to lead him out. Oh, but what they did not know, that if they had gotten a man to lead him out, he probably would have argued with Samson. But a little boy had a childlike faith that said, whatever you need, I'll do it. And so this little boy leads Samson out, shackled with chains, no eyes, can't see where he's going or anything like that. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, God has to affect our natural eyes in order to open our spiritual eyes. There's only two times in the story of Samson where Samson called on the Lord. One of them was when he slew the thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey, and he was thirsty and he cried out to God. The second time was when they led him out. And I think that's because God had become real to Samson. He wasn't just a denomination. He wasn't just a uh, figment of my imagination anymore. He wasn't just to go to church on Sunday, God. He wasn't just to put a dollar in the offering plate on Sunday, God, anymore. He was a God that was real. He was a God that was with him, a God that was right beside him, a God that could work on his behalf. So Samson says, son, can you take me up? Just let, take me up and, and put me between the two pillars of this building. The little boy takes him up and puts him between the two pillars. But here's the petition. Samson said this, God, one more time. One more time. And I'm paraphrasing. One more time, God, will you visit me with the anointing? And then the third thing is placement. God said, I'm going to restore the purpose based upon the petition, and after the petition will come the placement. You say, what is the placement? The placement is between the two pillars. That's where God said, I want you to be placed. Samson standing between the two pillars. You know the story. Bows up on the pillars. Pushes the pillars out from under the building. And the building comes crashing down. 3,000 Philistines lost their lives on that day. Here's what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, worship team, you guys can come. But here's what I'm saying. It all took place because Samson's hair began to grow out again. And I believe this with all of my heart that God is saying today, 
that there are people that have felt like they will never be able to do what God's called them to do. And they'll never be able to accomplish anything for God. But I want to encourage you this morning, because of your purpose and because of your petition before God, God's about to put a placement in your life. God's about to place you in a specific area and a specific situation. And that placement is going to determine his gifting in your life. Would you stand with me, please? So I know we've already had an altar call and all of that. But I want to ask you this morning, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know, my life is a lot like Samson's. It's filled with a lot of mistakes, a lot of failures, a lot of bad decisions. My life is filled with so much stuff. Can God really use me? Yes, He can. Pastor, can God really take me where I am? And restore and all of that, yes, he can. You see, the situation is simply this. You have to realize that your purpose is greater than what you've been through. You have to recognize that if your purpose wasn't great, then the enemy would never try to stop it. But when you begin to pray, I believe there are people here this morning that God has heard your prayer. I believe there are people here this morning that in the secret place you prayed and you said, God, if you can fix this, will you fix it? Because it's bigger than I am. So if that's you this morning, I want you to come. I just want you to come, and, and whether you want to kneel at the altar or you want to stand at the altar, I don't know who all this message was for, but I want to tell you this morning, this is not the time to give up. It's not the time to give in to what is going on in your mind, but it's time to realize today that God is greater than all this other stuff. And He wants to use you, sir. He wants to use you, ma'am. So as, as they sing this morning, this altar is open. If you will, just come. And say, Father, thank you this morning. Thank you this morning that the anointing is being stirred in my life. And while the enemy tried to rob and steal from me, God is renewing it. God is causing it to grow. God is causing it to come out again. Because this is my hour. This is my time.